listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 75, where we will be discussing chapter 16 in Clockwork Angel, The Binding Spell. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. All right. So uh, the three of us were just chatting, and we figured we should probably hit record since, like, this is usually the beginning of our episode. Um, it is... In case you haven't heard, it's all over the news. There's a heat wave on the West Coast. Right. <laughs> we hot. <sighs> Seriously. Hot. Yeah, like Port- Portland broke their record today, and then they're going to break that record again tomorrow and, and probably then, Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> I thought it was only supposed to be hot on Sunday. No, Monday's supposed to be no. like 113. Dude, okay, so for our listeners who who don't know, I work in uh, shipping and containers, and they close the ports on Monday. The wow. longshoremen are like, it's too hot to work outside and do all that. Sorry. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's, it's hot, hot. But they are able like, to do that, yeah. It's like a health advisory hot. I feel bad. Omar's got to go work in a warehouse tomorrow. With no Ooh. air conditioning. Yep, which is awful. Oh, that's horrible. I told him to start drinking water today. Yeah, no joke. He didn't. He drank Coors Light, which I guess is kind of like water. <laughs> no, so it's not. Whatever. It's delicious goodness that I w- wish I could drink right now. Right? You could same. have some O'Doul's, right? It's not the same. O'Doul's. But you got to say it like O'Doyle rules. Yeah, of course. No. <laughs> I am so happy we put an AC in this year. What good timing. Right? I would probably be at Amanda's house. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't. They could fend for themselves here. It wouldn't be <laughs> You're like, I gotta go. You don't if you don't wanna come, that's cool. You can die in the house. <laughs> in the heat. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel oh, for people goodness. that don't have air conditioning. My brother and his family have they all have they have window units in each of their mm-hmm. um, windows, but Apparently, late at night is when it starts getting hot for them because they're on the west side. And so that's, you know, when the sun's going down. Yeah. Oh, I was like, please and just come just here stays. if it gets too bad. I mean, they're like an hour away from me, but still. <laughs> yeah, no joke. I, man, I didn't have AC for years mm-hmm. and years and years. And I just remember, like, I used to put my sheets in the freezer. Oh. I was like, I need something to cool me down. It's too fucking hot. Well, it wasn't hot like this. No, it's it was not. No, no, it was never absolutely hot like this. not. No, we barely ever like get to the re- really to the nineties ago. Yeah, would you? Mm-hmm. Sorry, you said the most it got was in the nineties. Yeah, you, usually that's what we yeah. get is maybe I in mean, the nineties. I mean, and sometimes you'd get like a hundred and one or whatever, but it was like one day it <laughs> happened. You know, it was in like August. a random day, yeah. and then the next day it was like sixty-five and yep. raining. Like, <laughs> wait, and remember at the beginning of June it was raining. Yeah. Adriana was bummed. She's like, I thought it was supposed to be summer. I was like, dude, this is summer. It's supposed to rain until after the 4th of July. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can't go camping until after. The 4th of July is when summer starts in the Pacific Northwest. But this <laughs> well, year started in May. Yeah. Well, in the year before that and the year before that. I mean, it was 85 yeah. degrees the day I got married on May 5th. Crazy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and we're just seeing because like for years, the, the past, I you know, maybe 10 years or whatever. Yeah. There's been a lot of that kind of stuff. But it's been pretty like 
few and far between. But mm-hmm. like, I feel like 2020 and 2021, it's like everything, like everything. It's like <laughs> the fires are worse. Yeah. The floods are worse. The hurricanes are worse. The tornadoes are worse. I'm like, dude, can we like get out of the 20s? Can we just like fast forward, reset the clocks? <laughs> like, yeah, we still have another nine years left. <laughs> right. Like this is dude. not like starting out well. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way there's no way I, that's what I, I looked at Omar and I was like dude this is the best money we've ever spent in Seriously? our entire lives this is it. oh a hundred percent this 100%. is a hundred percent um what was I was gonna say something else oh 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 <laughs> something has been consuming my week that something is a book well okay, okay technically three books because I'm on the third book right now <laughs> But uh, so I read from Blood and Ash by uh, Jennifer uh, Armand Trout. Um, and I have read I have read her romance before, but I had never read her high fantasy before. It's so good. I'm obviously I'm on I'm on book three right now. And I started it three days ago. Wow. <laughs> and they're big. They're big books. It's fantastic. These characters are so excited. Like. Jason was making fun of me. He's like, are you coming to bed? Because it's like third night in a row. I'm not coming to bed like at a reasonable time. And my bedtime's like 930. Okay. Like I go to bed early and this is like midnight and I'm like, I'm not ready yet. It's like crack. Okay. (laughs) And I I kept saying, I'm like, well, I'm at a really good part. And he's like, this whole book has been a really good part. I'm like, exactly. (laughs) There is no lulls. Everything is exciting. Anyway, it's fantastic i'm on book three i'm i can't i don't even know what book two is called because i just bought it immediately without even looking at it okay that's awesome (laughs) and i'm already on book three and i don't know what that's called either that's really great how many are there um the fourth book is due to come out uh early next year okay slow down last one you're gonna be bummed nope nope (laughs) I can't. It's too good. It's too good. There's I'm I'm too invested in these characters. That's great. I, I usually it. can't like watch binge watch a show until all of it's out because I can't wait. Right. right. That'll be hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and this this is not like I am not like discovering this like this isn't new. This has been around for a very long time. It has a very big fan base and I just have never gotten around to reading it. And I went to uh, dinner with friends of mine last weekend and they were like, you have to, you have to read the series. It's so good. You will love it, love it, love it. And I'm like, okay. And so I picked it up thinking, oh, you know, I'll just, I'll start it. It's, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon and I'm like almost done with book one like that night. That's great. It was crazy. Awesome. It was crazy. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, anyway, I had to share. Anyway. Well, I have something anyone else cool having to share? Interesting. <gasps> share it. Do it. We have a review. Yeah, buddy. <gasps> I'm going to read it. Okay? Okay. Yep, do it. Let me find it. Where are you? Review. Okay, you guys. Listen to this. The title is I'm obsessed in all caps. Okay. This is from Love Don't Fight, which is an awesome name. Hell yeah. (laughs) My boyfriend always listens to or watches podcasts and I couldn't ever find one I liked. And I decided to search for one. I searched for the ones that 
were off books that I read and I found this one which is for my absolute favorite books and honestly I'm obsessed finally I love a podcast and Amanda Kristen and Robin are so great and bringing my favorite books alive currently only on episode 60 because of when I started listening and I can't wait to finally catch up and be able to listen to the episodes on time thanks giving me thanks for giving me a podcast to love Oh, <laughs> love don't thank fight. Thank you. She's oh. not gonna. They're they're not going to hear this for a while. <laughs> no, right? they're only on well, sixty. The, but they're, yeah, they're on sixty. This is episode seventy-five. Okay, it's not too far yeah. back. Yeah. Oh. Very nice. Thank oh you. my thank gosh, you, that was so you. sweet. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for thinking that we're cool enough to waste your time (laughs) we're so lucky that people like us right (laughs) okay so um before we cut the chit chat there is one last thing that I would like to do now ladies I don't know if you looked at the link that I sent you I didn't see it no my bad that's okay so my husband I sent you the guys the text. Um, he sent me a, a fuck Mary Kill text oh, about Harry Potter. I did read that actually. Go on. He's like he's like Neville Longbottom, Harry Potter, Ron Weasley, fuck Mary Kill, go. And I was like, oh, it's easy. Obviously, you're gonna fuck Neville. You're gonna marry Ron, and you're gonna kill Harry, right? Because as I told my husband, quote. Nobody actually likes Harry when compared to the other characters. <laughs> Which one is Neville? Neville's the one that like glowed up. Okay. He's hot now. Okay. I think I know who that is. Yeah. I'm going to Google it. But I'm pretty sure. But then he came home because he texted me that when he was at work. And then he came home and he was like, wait. Damn. And he started like naming off Shadowhunter characters because we've both read the series. And uh, then he, it, it, it got hard. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say it got hard. And I thought, this is amazing. We should introduce this. And I made kind of the executive decision to make a, a sheet so like we don't have repeats. Okay, I figured it all out. I did the maths. <laughs> and each episode, I think we should start it off with a fuck, Mary kill. Okay. Randomly chosen by our thing. That sounds awesome. But I have to go back really quickly because I Googled okay. the Neville guy. Okay. I don't know okay. how he just said he glowed up. Like, whoa. <laughs> like, right? I think that's an understatement. <laughs> I know. But like. I just had to say that. Like, I'm just like, my mouth is open. Okay. Is this yeah, like it's... your version of your a fantasy football league? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like you have a bracket. She did. It she is a spreadsheet. Like, <laughs> spreadsheet. <laughs> I saw it. I was like, I don't understand this. And I completely forgot to ask you about it. <laughs> Wait, I didn't see this picture. I had. No, it's not a picture. It's a link to the spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, my God. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's color coded and everything. I had to do the geometry and flip it. It was it was a whole thing to get it to work. Where did you but send I got it? it. <laughs> I sent it in the chat like earlier this week, but we've talked a lot, so yeah, I missed kind of buried while I was gone. <sighs> oh my goodness! Okay, Ooh, I'm ready. That was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and so the way I did it, um, 
it, it'll be easy. So we we only go through characters that we have already met um, first, Great. and then and then we'll expand to characters that beautiful we meet in later series. Robin, I want you to without You're looking a at the thing. Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, <laughs> you vacuum six times a week. <laughs> Amanda cannot is a compulsive dishwasher <laughs> and counter cleaner. Oh my god, that's so true. And I waste time and mental capacity creating an extravagant Excel spreadsheet. Okay, we all have our crazy. It, it, looks like, it looks like an Aztec rug pattern. <laughs> You're going to go buy it at like cost plus world market. It's great. <laughs> okay. Are we ready for this? Yes. Without yes. looking at the spreadsheet. Yes, okay. I can't look at it. I'm not. Amanda, I need you to choose a letter between B and... X and Robin, I need you to pick a number between two and 24. L. 15. Okay. Okay. Fuck, Mary, kill. Jem, Gabriel, or Henry? Oh, oh, I got this. This is easy. This is easy. Okay. Robin, go. Obviously, you will marry Jem. You will kill Gabriel. Actually, I think his name is fucking Gabriel, by the way. You were incorrect. <laughs> and then that leaves Henry. Duh. Okay. That was a bad one. And I think I... Oh, fuck. Now I'm really stressed out because I really wanted this to work. And now I'm... Like, That's okay. It works great because mine's not the same as hers. So it's cool. Wait, what is... Your... Wait, what is yours? Mine would be to kill Gabriel, fuck Jem, and marry Henry. Oh, okay. I was, I was legitimately concerned for a minute. I was like, can we not be friends right now? <laughs> no, it's fucking Gabriel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I would have the same as Robin. Yeah. Okay. Like, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that was fun. It will not take this much time. In later episodes. <laughs> well, guess what? You have the um, editing magic, so it doesn't need... We're 20 minutes in. It doesn't need to be this long. Yep. Oh, it, it certainly won't be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> Can so I just you say... say we, yeah? That my part is really freaking long, dude. It is. Okay. It is. And I just want to preface. I spent the last weekend with my father... So, is this why? It's a little goofy, okay? And I just, it rubbed off, and I haven't got rid of it yet. I need to get it out of my system. So, unfortunately for you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, what do you guys say we cut the chit-chat and kick things off with Robin's maybe not-so-short recap? <laughs> Previously on Downworld or Dish. Oh, the recap short, because I wrote it in five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Guilty. The Spider-Man meme from the group. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Was my life today. Anyway, guys, Tessa is shell-shocked, but like the kind <gasps> they see on the Ninja Turtles, from the Battle of the Courtyard. Sophie, like the Banff that she is, gets everyone settled and hands out the tea for the tea. Charlie and Henrit. Charlie? <laughs> that's, their, that's their ship name. Charlie. Perfect. Charlotte and Henry are getting the 411, uh, the definitely not a date date, and they mull over the what ifs surrounding the automatons. The party's interrupted by Will, who tells Tessa she's coming with him and they're going to go see Jim. Once inside his room, Jim tells Tessa all about his life in Shanghai and all the horrible stuff that happened to him, and I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm skipping it. You guys know what happened. It's tragic. I can't relive that pain. Anyway, after the retelling, it's deja vu up in this piece because Will interrupts again and pretty much shoves Tessa to the wayside, citing his world-renowned bedside manner and her need to go check on her brother. As she gets into the hall, she bumps into an anxious Sophie who's wondering how Jim is doing. Tessa tells her that he's going to be fine and then uses her super sleuthing skills to realize that Sophie's smitten with Jim. Really? Tessa then goes to bed and has a fitful night's sleep and is rousted by Sophie telling her that her brother has gone missing. Fuck. These people never get a good night's sleep. Seriously. Ever. <laughs> nope. It's not happening. The one time Tessa slept well was during the day. Right. <laughs> Maybe she's a vampire. Ooh. Right. I sleep better in naps than I do at night, so. Dude, same. Dead to the world. Naps. Yeah. Naps are the best. Oh, my gosh. All right, you guys. So Tessa comes ripping down the hall to find Jessamine standing outside Nate's door looking like she's like her eyes are rimmed. She's crying like she looks like she's throwing a fit, honestly, because that's how Jessamine always looks. So Jesse had fallen asleep in the chair and when she woke up, Nate had vanished. And of course, she just can't help herself and makes a point to let Tessa know that she looks like death. Like what are friends for? You know? Yeah. Right? Like I look like death every time we record, you guys don't say shit. <laughs> right. I mean, we mention our own potato-ness, but not each right. other's potato-ness. Yeah. No. So, but the thing is the way she was describing Tessa, it didn't seem like it was that bad. Like her hair is coming out of a pin and she has a dress on, but not and slippers, but it's Jessamine. Yeah. 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 She just, like, she can't. And Tessa looks, like, she does that, like, self-conscious thing where you, when, like, someone insults you and before you realize that that person's an asshole and you shouldn't give a damn about what assholes think, like, you know, you're like, oh, fuck, uh, I'm a horrible <laughs> crustacean. Like, you just can't, right? <laughs> and then you're like, no, wait a minute, you're an asshole, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. it, it takes a minute to, to, to get that. I am amazing. Right. So in the, in that time, she like mentions that she didn't bother with a crinoline, which I'm sorry, paints such a hilarious picture because depending on, I mean, 18, late 1870s, like that crinoline like held up quite a bit of dress. So like her train or her dress, the actual dress is probably like a foot longer than it should be right? because she doesn't have that thing to like push it out like this. It's so much fabric. So she's probably like tripping over herself as she's trying, and like nothing fits right. It's just she's like this slippers big, and like, not shoes, and just. But how like would she even like, notice if the dress is that long? <laughs> right. It, it's as if you like tucked a down, like a heavy winter down comforter into the back of your belt and tried to walk down a wall with it. <laughs> like it's probably. 
so heavy. Anyway, I thought it was really funny. <laughs> it made me laugh. Anyway, so like T- Tessa doesn't let Jasmine's shitty attitude distract her for long before she's right back at it with the questions because we know Tessa loves to ask questions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she asks if everyone's looking for Nate, but in kind of like a bitchy way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like right. she she doesn't think anyone would bother to look for her brother, which I find extremely annoying. Um, like, I don't know. So the shadow hunters of the Institute haven't given Tessa any reason at all to assume that they don't genuinely care about her well-being. In fact, they've gone out of their way far beyond anyone Tessa has met in London at all. I mean, obviously, look at her track record. Yeah. Okay. To make her feel comfortable and keep her safe. Like, what the fuck? Also. (laughs) Sorry. I raised my hand first. I was like, no, I'm sorry. Like, you over. say, ho- I call, you raised your hand. I call on you. And then you said, sorry. <laughs> no, because Amanda started talking at the same time I did. Because I wasn't <laughs> looking at you. I'm sorry. Go. Anyways, on top of all of that, everything you're saying is yes. Mm-hmm. But literally the day before, she went to almost fisticuffs with Will over the fact that Nate was so important that he was going to torture and turn his brain to mush to get information out of him. They're also looking for Nate because they want to interrogate him on top of all of everything you've said. Okay, hold on. Yes, but Will was the only one saying those things and everybody else was telling Will he was crazy. Right. I'm just saying, even if that mental capacity thing of her is like, oh, nobody cares about the gray siblings. But it'd be like, yeah, but they still want to like question him. So everyone's. Right. Going to look for him, obviously. Right. That's a good point. Their motivation would still be, I want to find him. Right. Right. Even if they didn't care for Tessa, which they obviously do. Charlotte is, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. And she does not get enough cred. Anyway. So, my first thought was that Tessa would have been the first one to have been woken up because it's her brother. So, like, how would other people already be looking for him? If, you know. like I don't know. Which they obviously are. It's just, I don't know. Like, why be such a bitch? I mean, like, oh, maybe I'm the first one up. Has anyone else been told? Is anyone looking for him yet? Right. Can you find anybody right. else? Let's get people looking. Like, I don't, I, I wouldn't, my, my first instinct wouldn't be to, like, blame someone else for not doing something. <laughs> I would be like, so what do we need to do? Like, let's get the, like, right. come on. You're a main character, Tessa. Start <laughs> acting like it. Have some authority over your own actions. Thank you. <laughs> okay, back from I'm gonna reel back the real talk for a minute. <laughs> like, damn. Now, while I understand that Tessa is scared and confused, and sometimes our emotions can make us feel irrational and do things that you know we wouldn't normally do, Tessa has proven over and over how logical she can be in moments like that. So it honestly feels out of character. Uh-huh. You know, almost like the main character's not acting like a main character. Weird. One of those things. <sighs> I mean, this is a very small thing. This is not like a big moment where she needs to step up. But at the same time, I'm like, really? It's kind yeah. of, it's just weak. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if you care this much and you were, you fucking shot a vampire to save your brother. Like, are you really going to like pout? Because... Before even asking a question, you automatically assume that nobody is 
bothering to help you. Right. Like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. Go take a nap. Eat a cheeseburger. Do whatever you got to do, baby. <laughs> but, like, y- you seem hangry. All of those. I love it. <laughs> anyway. So, yes, of course, literally everyone is looking for Nate. <laughs> Question yeah, The answered. whole world. Except Jasmine, right? Probably yep. because she she sees Nate's disappearance as a personal slight, you know. Hashtag narcissist problems. How can he do this to um, me? <laughs> right? <laughs> How dare he? He left me alone. Um, so Tessa's like, fuck this. And she runs off in search of Nate. She's like, I can't deal with y'all's shit right now. Which I'm like, okay, this is better. She's uh-huh. behaving better. She's yep. be- she's making more sense now. She's like, fuck you guys. I got this. <laughs> And she's like running through everything she knows about her brother and the Institute and trying to like anticipate where he had gone, but she doesn't get far because Thomas pops that Hemsworth hot ass out the front do- or out the door and he's all shy of surprise. I found your brother. <laughs> and her instinct um, was to assume that it's bad news instead of good news, which same. I can yep. relate. <laughs> like, yeah, yep. I would automatically assume something horrible had happened. Uh-huh. <clears throat> But not to worry, Nate is alive. Yay. <laughs> and now I can't, I can't summarize this. Ne- I just got to read it. Yep. It's, it's great. Um, okay. But where is he? In the drawing room. Got himself a bit of a hiding place. Behind the curtains he had. Thomas spoke hastily, looking sheepish. Minute he saw me, he went right off his chump. Started screaming and yelling. Tried to... <laughs> Tried to bolt right past me, and I nearly had to give him one over the gash to keep him quiet. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) At Tessa's look of incomprehension, Thomas paused and cleared his throat. That is to say, I'm afraid I might have frightened him, miss. (laughs) I was laughing the entire time I read this. (laughs) (laughs) Behind the curtains, he had... It's just a bad right? like, but but like and the the way he does it <laughs> in my head it's great yeah but like the word trying to like say those words without doing an accent is very difficult <laughs> in but that you want to com- sound like those Hagrid, words in right? that combination huh you want to sound Would like Hagrid though right yeah kind of a little bit yeah. yeah I like that he calls her miss I just think it's so cute it is and Tessa's like, shit, he's probably freaking the fuck out right now. I better go check on him. You stay here, beautiful Asgardian. Your rippling muscles might scare him. <laughs> Robin's dying. I think I killed her. I was drinking water. <laughs> At least it was water. And not something fizzy. Yeah, it would have burned me. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so Tessa's like... You stay here. I got this, boo. She goes into the drawing room, and Nate's fucked up, crying on the floor. The only thing missing is a heartbreaking soundtrack a la Lisa Loeb. And he looks up at her and asks if she thinks God is a woman. (laughs) 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 Okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I kid, I kid. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. Things are getting crazy. It's 10 o'clock. <laughs> so <laughs> it's actually all pretty sad and pathetic. Nate put on his like dirty clothes from when he was rescued and tried to run away, but I got lost, I'm guessing. Like, I don't know. 
like what was he doing anyway tessa calls out to him and they have this very like touching reunion where he's like tessie and she's like nate and it was like the swell of the orchestra in the background (laughs) and now that nate is conscious and no longer delirious like they can actually have a conversation i bet she's so relieved right (laughs) like oh thank god you're not dead that's great (laughs) now let me tell you what happened to me while you were sleeping for real (laughs) boy do i have a story for you Right? <laughs> and Nate's like, look at you, girl, all grown up. Wish we could keep catching, uh, chatting, but we have to get the hell out of here. And Nate is convinced that all shadow hunters are evil baby eaters or something like that. <laughs> and they've got to get the fuck out. Stat. <laughs> it's very important. Tessa explains that maybe uh, Nate should reconsider the information given to him by the dude that tried to kill him and entertain the possibility that the people who rescued him were the good guys. Maybe the maybe, 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 maybe the murderous (laughs) vampire might have been lying. (laughs) I know it's a stretch. I don't know. (laughs) But it might have possibly happened. Quincy told Nate that shadow hunters trap souls in a box and like all this shit. And Tessa's like, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> She's like, uh, the Pixis holds demon en- energies. Uh, there's nothing to worry about. He- they're not going to trap your soul in a fucking box. It's in the weapons room. If it was that dangerous, they wouldn't have it out in the fucking open. Right. Like, <laughs> calm down. It seems like something very specific to get into, by the way. It, yeah. She, well, you know, she likes to ask questions, so she likes her answers to be thorough. (laughs) So they go back and forth for a while, and Nate is, like, throwing out twisted tales that he'd been told of the Shadow Hunters, and it's immediately followed up by Tessa quickly refuting them. Um, And then Nate doubles down, and he's trying to convince Tessa to get out of Dodge. He's like, absolutely not. These people are gonna fucking kill you. (laughs) Finally, after, like, an, an... an entire page and a half of this shit. <laughs> Seriously. Tess is like, look, bro, you were lied to, obviously. Okay. I know this whole world of fantastical shit is cray, but you can't put Pandora back in the box. If you know what I'm saying. We're here now. We got to deal with this shit. There's no running away. So pull yourself together, dude, because this is kind of embarrassing me. Like, <laughs> she's like, you're making me look bad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking try to act normal. Be Real cool, back in the crazy. Right. Nate seems to understand, sort of, the kind of changes, uh, and, and kind of changes the subject, explaining how DeQuincy made him write letters and send the ticket to Tessa, um, and she should probably hate him because it's all his fault. But Tessa could never blame her irresponsible, gambling, alcoholic brother. He doesn't know any better. Dude. Like, literally, so right, like, right as he's telling her this, she's thinking of, like, oh, God, we protected him from himself because he's a fucking idiot and can't keep his shit together. Like, and we covered up all of his fuck-ups and never made him responsible in anything. And look, we created a monster. Crazy. Oh, well. <laughs> like, let's save him again. Right. She's like, I guess it's our fault, so we can't blame him. Like, and I mean, I, I understand. He was being tortured. 
Like, okay, I get it. But like, she was literally just thinking about how much of a shitty person he is and yep, how dude. she's finally realizing he's not a good person. And then she's like, but it's okay. It's probably my fault. <laughs> like a good I sister would. Right. Jeez. So again, Nate changes the subject and he, he's like, let's leave and be normal people again. <laughs> and as tempting as it sounds, right. Magnus's words come back to Tessa quote, Poor thing. Now that you know the truth, you can never go back. And he's right. She's made friends and opened her eyes to a whole new world. And like, she's not mortal or human or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, Uh whatever. Like, they don't know what she is. They she might be a warlock and be immortal. I mean, quote unquote, like whatever they are. Uh huh. Or she could not. And then like, she doesn't know what she is. So, I could never not have answers. Or at least be searching right. for answers. Right. What's she going to go do? Go marry a dude, live in the burbs, and then, like, hope maybe she gets old? Like, I don't, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, <laughs> right. how do you explain that to your husband 10 years in? You're like, fuck. This isn't oh, just hope. rejuvenation by L'Oreal. Like, this is. Right. <laughs> hope I don't lose my temper and accidentally turn into somebody. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Oh, God, she would have to, like, shift every year and get older. Oh, I bet she could. Ooh, and then live with her husband until he died and then go be 19 again. Oh, fuck, that would be cool. I want to write that book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with not cool. Oh, man. Oh, I love it. Tragic. That's beautiful. (laughs) It'll definitely make you cry. Yeah, sounds like <sighs> it. Which is, you know, that is that is food for the the author's soul. Is the tears of readers. <laughs> they want to make you hurt. Okay, um, it. it's true. It's very true. It, there's nothing more exciting than writing a scene that you're like, this is gonna make people cry. <laughs> like, Aww. there's nothing better. <laughs> I'm going to tear these bitches' hearts out. And I bet you cackle just like that when you're writing it, too. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Where am I? Oh. So, Nate still has one last question because this is – it must run in the fucking family. It's the fucking grays. The questionnaire grays. I don't even know. (laughs) That was lame. I should come up with something better. We'll figure it out. Grays question time. That's funny. Wait, (gasps) I mean, I don't know how this fits into the Pantheon and I know it's like, I know it's not real, but what if gray mark is gray question mark? (laughs) And they changed it after Tessa. (laughs) What'd you say? What'd you say, Robin? I said, you need to get Stretch Armstrong on that one. Like <laughs> These are really Lucy ancestors. I love it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh. Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going to read this excerpt from the book. So it's true that you're what De Quincey said you were. Magical. He said you had the power to change shape, Tessie, to become anything you wanted to be. Do you believe, or did you even believe him? And, okay, quick pause from the quote. 
Okay, if he believed all that shit about the Shadowhunters and everything else, why the fuck would he not believe De Quincey about Tessa? It makes no sense. 100%. Right? Like... Well, she She's like, no, no, my brother is on opposites day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she feels pretty negative about like what she can do and what she is. It seems like, like she's not stoked about it. She's not like, yeah, I'm a right. badass bitch. She hasn't sucked that up yet, you know? So maybe she's just hoping that, or maybe, I don't know. It feels like she's asking in a way that she's just, she's probably a little embarrassed or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it is a weird question because it's like it's true. Because it's like, <laughs> did you even believe him? Which could mean, did you even believe that that was the truth of why he wanted me? And so right. you gave like you gave him that information? Or did you not even believe that and just knew that he wanted me for whatever reason? I, I wonder if, I mean, because tone is everything. And we don't know what the tone is here. Yeah. So... I guess it could be interpreted anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably digging way too deep. The curtain is just fucking blue. Okay. (laughs) But when you close the door, is it still blue? We don't know. Everyone had that English teacher. Okay. Back to the quote. It's true. Well, almost true. But I barely believed it myself at first. Yeah. I barely believed it myself at first. It's so strange. I've seen stranger things. His voice was hollow. God ought to know, or God, fuck. God, it ought to be. Why can I not say this? I can't say God with a straight face. (laughs) 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 Okay. God, it ought to have been me. That's weird. That's yep. a weird thing to say. Yep. And even Tess is kind of like, that's a weird thing to say. I think he wants the power. He's Not jealous. Like, I feel so bad that uh-huh. I have this burden. He's like, I'm peanut butter and jelly. Right. Because he's never cared about anyone but himself. He's always yep. been a selfish mm-hmm. person. Um, but before Nate could expand on that super cryptic statement, uh, the door opened and Thomas rolls in already apologizing for Will. He's like, I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> But not to worry, the resident devilish bad boy is here, and he's ready to be an asshole, as per usual. <laughs> and Nate and Will decide that now, right now, in the middle of all of this, would be the perfect time to have a pissing match. Unfortunately for Nate, he isn't nearly as sharp uh, to take on Will in a battle of wits. Like, <laughs> I don't think not, many people are. It's not right. enough. And, but it, but it, it's a little bit of a joke, and it's actually kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend 10 out of 10 snarky comments by Will. <laughs> Poor Tessa. She just managed to coax her brother off the edge, and here comes Captain Fuckface to rile Nate up again <laughs> and contradict all the nice things Tessa had told her brother about the Shadow Hunters. <laughs> I imagine Tessa is wearing her, like, don't fuck with me face when she asks Will to step out into the hall with her. (laughs) Because for once, Will goes quietly. (laughs) She's already figuring out a mom face somehow. Like, (laughs) she is. She's like, I learned this shit from Charlotte. (laughs) Dude, that, yep. For real. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so they get out into the hall and Will is like, cool, you got me alone. Tessa feeds into his ego for a minute. She's like, yeah, totally. Like loads of women would pay for this opportunity. Blah, blah, blah. Like, let's get to the important stuff. Okay. (laughs) And Will is like, oh, you want me to apologize for the whole attic situation we found ourselves in? And Tessa's like, whoa, bro. No, like, no. Like, why is that even on your mind? It's weird. <laughs> My brother I was just are all red instantly. Like, <laughs> I found like, this. We are not supposed to talk about that. That is the unspoken rule. Like, what the fuck are you doing talking about Fight Club? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't talk about the attic. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so basically, she just wants him to be nice to Nate. Like, he's a victim, not a criminal. And just be nice to him, okay? And Will feels like um, he might be hiding something. Nate might be. And he really just wants to know the cheese may. And um, she starts getting frustrated with Will, telling him shit. Like, of course he's ashamed of stuff that he's done. But it's not like you tell everyone everything. It's just weird timing. Like, I don't. It's weird. But also, like, Nate can probably hear you. (laughs) I mean, their doors are probably thicker than the doors we have now. But still. Still, they're probably yeah. not talking in quieted voices. Yeah, no, and I'm sure I'm sure it's a, and isn't it a stone structure? So that shit echoes, oh, yeah. like yeah, bouncing off the walls in the hall. Yeah, that's gonna that. sound loud. Stone. So of course, Tess is thinking about Will's parents when she says that, and um, instead she backpedals because she can't freaking talk about that. That she's not supposed to know. She oh, backpedals yeah. and starts asking why he never told her about Will's illness. <laughs> I'm like, good save, mm-hmm. but still mm-hmm. not important right now. It's really weird. And um, I think um, you said Will's illness, but you meant oh, Jim, yes, right? Jim. Sorry. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Baby brain. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so Will's like, dude, that's his business. Like, why would you think I would tell someone? It's just a strange. Obviously, she's backpedaling, so that's why she said it, but... That's right. Terry's business. <laughs> hate you so much right now. I hate you. <laughs> it's gonna be on my mind all night now. God damn it. <sighs> are we are we gonna tell everybody what that means? No, are they gonna have we to have go back before. to ep- Well, I they're gonna have to go back to like episode twenty four. <laughs> I have Gross. no idea what episode it was. <laughs> It's just, it's the area for the private parts because it's yeah. my business, not your business. <laughs> but that's what I grew up Liz Hurt hearing. So it always, it's just, no. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> rude. <laughs> Somehow I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I, the only thing that ever really embarrasses Amanda. <laughs> The rest of it's just superficial embarrassment. Yeah. She's not actually embarrassed. She's like, oh, that's embarrassing. I'm going to tell everybody about it because it's hilarious, too. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's me all the time. Like, when I told Audrey, and I was like, I was like, I pooped my pants walking up the stairs after I had her. And she's like, why do you tell that story? I'm like, because it's hilarious. It is. It really is the most hilarious. And my ankles were so swollen, I couldn't run. I just had to go with it. (laughs) Well, you're going upstairs, too. Yeah. 
Oh my god. This is I what having a baby it. is. <laughs> you broke me. <laughs> yep. Dude, if I keep laughing, I might pee. So <laughs> Speaking of pee, for my birthday, Robin posted on my Facebook page a meme of the old lady from Billy Billy Madison. That's yeah. Uh-huh. And you know, if peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. And she's like, good for you. Get one year closer to this. And I'm like, bitch, I'm five months pregnant with my second child. I pee my pants every day when I sneeze. Okay. <laughs> oh oh my, gosh. my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so anyway, it's the heat. It's getting to us. Yeah. <laughs> Will didn't feel like he should tell Tessa about Jem's business that was his. And um, for some reason, because of everything that had happened, and I'm assuming that Jem was maybe didn't want her to think he was weak or something. He felt like he owed Tessa an explanation of like what happened during the battle with the automatons. And um, he is ashamed for some reason. And of course, Tessa cuts Will off after he says the word ashamed and um, she's like, he's nothing to be ashamed of. Will's like, well, obviously. <laughs> but ignorant people just see it as an addiction. And Will was worried that when Jem told Tessa his story, Tessa might be one of those stupid people and say some stupid <laughs> shit like that to his face. And obviously mm-hmm. Tessa's offended. So they go back and forth for a minute and argue about Jem, which is just the sparks are flaring here, you guys, because why? Why? Why is this necessary right now? <laughs> they just want to talk tension. to each other so much. Yeah. They're they're building tension. Every uh, argument is foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that's a that is a life rule to live by. Kristen's life rules to live by. Number thirty seven. Okay. Like yeah. Yes. Yes. 100%. It's from NCIS Robin. Okay. He has life rules. <laughs> the Silver Fox. Don't oh, you know? Yeah. Uh huh. Got it. Write it down. For Kristen. Put it in your yep. book. Yep. Oh, man. So, Tessa, um, so he, she must want to hurt his feelings back because of him thinking that she would be a bitch towards Jem, basically. Like, I can't mm-hmm. believe you would think that about me. I'm going to smash you some more. So she's, she's like, take it back. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's true. People say that. That's so dumb. Like, okay. <laughs> like, what are you You can't do? put the toothpaste back in the container. You can't. You should just, like, imagine if you were one of those people that was really good at saying things backwards. So you're just like, <laughs> No, I would probably run in the other direction. I'd be like, I can't. You are never going to talk to me again. We can't be in each other's lives. I'm sorry. I can't have someone that can do that. It's too much. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. So she's basically trying to get back at him or whatever. So she belts out and she's just like, if you care for Jem so much, why haven't you been searching for a cure? Huh? Huh? Tell me. He's like, girl, you don't know what you speak of. Yep. Mm. There is nothing to like, find. Okay? Mm. Nothing. 
And, of course, they continue bickering and fighting about, like, the wrong thing, obviously. This is not what they're really upset about. <laughs> and, of course, quiet-footed Jem shows up. And amid the awkwardness, um, he has to explain why he's there. <laughs> and um, basically, like, Charlotte shows up just in the nick of time with Henry and, like, everybody else behind him. And they all just start to flow into the drawing room with Nate. They're just like, all right, party time. Excellent. And they head in. And Nate's just like... There's a lot of people here. So as Tessa starts to go in, Jem like touches her arm. And I think he says something like, wait, or Mm. something like he wants her to stay out. He wants to chit chat with her. He's like, I know what you did last summer. I heard you telling Will. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) when Nate starts freaking out, he's like, where's Tessa? Like all of you shadow hunters, I'm still scared no matter what she said. And so Jem's like, never mind. It's not a big deal. Like, it's fine. Go deal with your brother. So Ugh. they all are Ugh. in there and they're all sitting. In he was going to ask her spot. to go steady. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like that's the wrong era. He was going to give her his. He was going to give her his pin, his class pin. His letterman jacket. Yep. No, no, wait. This is Victorian times. He's going to give her a lock of hair. Oh, God. Ew. Ooh, or a bracelet made out of his hair. Please tell me you're making that up. No, I'm not. I swear to God. I swear to God. It, okay, so Victorian morning jewelry was like a big fucking thing, right? So Queen Victoria's husband died, like, and she ruled by herself after her husband's death for like 40 years or some shit. And she was in mourning like the whole fucking time. Mm-hmm. And so like, it was a very like, for like society and stuff like when you're mourning when someone dies and you're mourning and it's victorian's times people are dying all the fucking time right and um you can like take have their hair and they make them into like these beautiful like braids and weaves and stuff and they like make them into jewelry and you wear it as like a remembrance of the person it's called mourning jewelry dude there's some crazy shit made out of human hair it's freaky the victorians were super goth just don't like it <laughs> no one would want my hair robin dies and everyone's like yes we got the good hair <laughs> i'm like i can make a full belt out of this yes. <laughs> you can make Rope. a wig out of my hair <laughs> two at two. least <laughs> one for each of you if i die tragically young yeah you guys can each make wigs out of my hair you could split it <gasps> oh we God. need it finally <laughs> i need clip-ins for sure yeah Oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> you heard it here first. This is Robin's living will and testimony. Omar, <laughs> don't forget. <laughs> we get the hair. <laughs> she oh wants to be God. put. She wants to be laid to rest like her hero, Jean-Luc, Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> Bald. Bald. <Yeah. laughs> And then, but when you put my coffin into the ground, you have to say "engage." <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh I just my assure gosh. Omar, it's much bigger on the inside. It's fine. <laughs> She's got all kinds of room, cozy. We'll put a box set of like Harry Potter in there. Yep. Oh, Can we stop talking about my fake funeral now? <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna go to bed thinking about it now. Giving me the heebs, bejeebs. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to change the subject, okay? <laughs> I'm going to tell you 
about how Charlotte basically starts telling Nate that they know he's into gambling and is familiar with the down world because Mortmain told them. And Tessa starts to get on her about it. She's like, hey, Charlotte, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this is really quick. That escalated quickly. Right. And Nate's like, coming out strong. It's cool. She's right. <laughs> so Charlotte continues to ask Nate um, how Nate came to know about the occult. Because Mortmain says he already knew. Like he said, you already knew about it before you met him. So um, he didn't have to tell you. So um, like, what is it? Just tell us. I feel like she has her hands mm-hmm. on her hips. <laughs> and um, he says it was Aunt Harriet's sewing kit. I'm just like, what? So apparently her sewing kit was his mother's. So Nate and Tessa's mom's old jewelry box. And when he was, of course, in debt with gambling people, um, he was going to pawn. He had this great plan that he was going to pawn his mother's gold bracelet that he thought was in this jewelry box. And Mm -hmm. of course he was wrong. They went out one day, Tessa and the aunt. And he went into the jewelry box and um, it, of course, wasn't in there. But um, he found out that the box had a false bottom. And so what he did find were pages from their mother's diary. But it was just like pages that had been torn out. So basically, it's like what we already kind of knew. Nate and Tessa's father um, noticed weird shit happening at the factory, like scary ghost type shit. And a dude even went missing at one point. And eventually he told Mortmain about it since he was the one that ran the factory. And Mortmain just basically like spewed. He spilled the beans. And told him all about the pandemonium club and invited him and their mother to come to a meeting. And since this was his boss and Nate was an infant at the time, he wanted to like impress him. He didn't want to piss this guy off. So he went and he brought his wifey and um, several pages were missing from the diary. So it sounds like it wasn't even in sequence. Like he kind of had to put it together himself. But um, so Nate doesn't know the entire story, but basically they continued to go to the meetings and they didn't really like it. So eventually they sneaked out of London at night and didn't tell anyone they were going. I think he literally said they left no forwarding address. Yes. <laughs> Just because they didn't like it. Like, yeah. um, who the fuck sneaks away at night? Yep. Creepy. Like, yeah. There was some shit fishy. going on. Yeah. It sounds sus. So Nate started having a coughing fit sort of in the middle of telling the story, which it was kind of at the end anyway. So it's fine. Cool with me. And um, Jessamine like jumps at the opportunity to show Nate that she can care for him. And she starts helping him with his tea. But while she's doing it, she's giving Tessa the side eye because like basically like, look what I'm doing. I got to him first. Ha ha ha. Bitch. (laughs) Tessa does not care. Yeah. So Nate Dog continue goes in sorry, Nate Dog goes into how he basically decided to blackmail one of the richest and most powerful dudes in London, writing to Mortmain that he'd like a job or he would be going to the newspaper with the diary fragments, like is going down. Mm. And this little morsel of information impressed Will. And Nate smiled at him with this I'm a teenage boy, sowing my wild oats smirk. Mm. They're like looking back at each other and they're like, Yeah. I I got you. Okay. I got you. But <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we just back up like, oh, I don't know, three seconds ago when we were talking about how they snuck out of London? Why would you contact the person if they snuck away from whatever? The, like, right. I'd Must be like, my first instinct would be like, they want to kill me or my parents. And like, right. I don't need to like let people know where I'm at if we were like hiding for a reason. 
This guy's not an idiot. Nate. Because he's an idiot. Yep. Yep. He's like, mm, no, no, nay, nay. Blackmail it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is, sounds like the appropriate option. I feel good about this. <laughs> right? Yep. Good life decisions. <laughs> Blackmail. Good life decision. <laughs> That's the title. <laughs> <laughs> so Tessa is like eye roll and tells Nate that um, a nod of, of approval from a will isn't necessarily a good thing. And his <laughs> approval loosely translate to, translates to morally deficient. <laughs> and Will jumps in to defend himself, telling Tessa that he meant what he said because... If he wanted to say morally deficient, he would have said it was something that he would have done. Not that it was enterprising. Like, come on, get your shit together. So Charlotte has to jump in with a whistle and get the train back on the rails, which honestly, I feel like we need sometimes we need Charlotte here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tasking us. I feel like she would just be like, girls, girls, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> so Nate continues his story saying that at this time, he thought that Mortmain might just send him some bribe money, which I think was like eventually the reason why he did it. Like he was in debt. He's going to send me bribe money, hush money. But um, he didn't. So he was definitely surprised when a first class steamer ticket and a job offer arrived in the mail. And weighing his options, he decided to grab the brass ring. Like this is it. I'm going to take the steamer ticket. I'm going to go to London. I'm going to get a job. It's going to be like great. So the first thing after getting to London, Nate goes to see his new jefe, El Señor de los Mares. Mm-hmm. And that's a reference to a telenovela, but I like I physically cannot get it out of my head. So good luck <laughs> with that one. If you get that, that's cool. If not, say it I, again. Uh, El Señor de los Mares. Which is they have a sitcom called or whatever. It's called El Señor de los Cielos, which is like of the skies because he like runs drug money over in his airplane oh. but maris is the ocean anyway uh-huh. i gotta stop anywho you guys hmm. mort lane was like this dope ass dude okay <laughs> he was happy to see nate started pulling shit out of the potter playbook telling this orphan kid that he looks just like his parents that he's loved and missed this whole time mm. wanted to know how the fam is And he Mm -mm. quickly invites Nate into the fold, but not without a jab to Nate's heart, telling him that his love for the Gray family is so big that he wouldn't even care if Nate went public with what he knew. (laughs) He still has a job here. I don't care. Go to the tabloids if you want. You're still welcomed in my circle. (laughs) He pulls a Scotty McCreary. He's like, I love you this big. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So Nate says that he agreed to keep Mortmain's secret if he could be a member of the Pandemonium Club. They have like these super cool khaki racer jackets that have (laughs) tiny stitched members only on the left breast. And he just had to get him one of those. Oh, that. And like the gambling. He hadn't quite hit rock bottom yet. So he had to go try to swindle some money out of these dudes that believed in the supernatural. It would be like taking candy from a baby, which is a weird phrase, because number one, why does a baby have candy anyway? And number two, if someone did take it, the reason would probably be because it's a choking hazard. And so they're just trying to help. Okay, Dad. 100%. All right, Bill. So. That, 
that that's a choking hazard. It's been 27 days since we've haven't had an accident on this property. <laughs> uh, no, no, no one wants to turn that back to zero. <laughs> Mortman doesn't really want Nate to be a tag-along, but he folds easily. And this first meeting happens to be at DeQuincy's house. And Nate quickly realized that his underdeveloped teenage frontal lobe was no match for a seemingly ancient society of downworlders and humans. This was the real deal. The whole enchilada, if you will. His mother's diary had touched on the subject, but this was like a holiday dinner at Amanda's house. A slap in the face with ham. that story oh it's something my brother did to my mom every year some sort of um pork meat (laughs) hot dog ham whatever he would slap my mom in the face with it and somehow every time she was surprised (laughs) 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 i'm sorry (laughs) so at the, pandemo- at the pandemonium meeting, I don't know why I said it like that, that's how it came out, Nate gets hung up on all the weird-looking humanoids, mainly warlocks like the Dark Sisters and some extra pale vampire women, and Nate was like, yo, Mortmain, this shit is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> then Mortmain quotes Shakespeare at Nate, because as we've discussed, that is the equivalent of bonding over a Will Ferrell movie. 100%. Speaking of which, I bet Mortmain and Will would get along really well. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> they just like quoting shit back and forth. Have a quote off. A quote off. A quote off. Quoteth. So, speaking of which, Will Ferrell, Nate's like, Shakespeare, I know him. I know him. We gotta tell Mortmain. <laughs> oh my God. I get this reference, guys. Then maybe, like, if I do that, I could claw back some of my street cred that I just let ooze out when I said I was kind of freaked out by the demon-looking people. (laughs) But alas, it was not meant to be, because this just then, De Quincey comes over, making a dashing and terrifying impression. Nate knew that this dude, like, right off the bat, he knew this dude wasn't a human, and even Mortmaid seemed scared of the guy, because he stiffened up as he introduced Nate as his new employee. And De Quincey is like, Sebastian... I know you've been keeping something from me about Nathan, his parents. And Mortmain is reduced to a blubbering puddle, and De Quincey smoothly invites Nate to go play cards. And Mortmain's trying to signal him, like, Is Mortmain's first name Sebastian? No, it's from The the Little Mermaid. He's like, Sebastian, I know you've been keeping something from me. Oh, about okay. Ariel. I thought it was in love. Too. It was Mormaine's name. And I was like, how did I miss that? Wait, I was like, no. wait, what? Where did that come from? Oh, okay. Thank you for clarifying. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Get my Little Mermaid reference. There's more coming. <laughs> did you watch that on your trip? Yes, I did. <laughs> I wrote that in here. Oh, gosh. So Mormaine is trying to signal, like, you know the nope. choking neck nope. thing where it's like nope. this is a what? you gotta write you gotta read what you wrote what mortimin oh, oh. <laughs> oops i didn't even see it mortimin <laughs> is trying to signal it sounds, him that's like a bad idea take your mortimins <laughs> yes that's it i was like it sounds like a, like a c 
Cialis commercial or something. Yep. It's like a fiber supplement. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, you guys, you guys. It's bad news bears. Don't go. Don't feed the bears. Don't do it. But Nate had been eyeing the card room since he walked in. Of course he did. So he happily obliges and spent the rest of the evening playing with a vampire, two werewolves, and a wild-haired warlock. And Nate came out on top, making a lot of money and drinking a lot of spirits, if you will. Mm. And at some point, Mortmain bounced, but Nate didn't really care. He was feeling on top of the world, and when he left in the morning, DeQuincy extended an invitation to return whenever he wanted. But of course, poor Nate, stuck back in the 19th century, hadn't yet had the opportunity to get his hands on Fallout News Vegas. <laughs> so how could he have possibly known that the house always wins? He was hoodwinked, swindled, bamboozled, taken for a ride, tricked. They let him win and laced the drinks with magic potions and shit. And at first it was all right. He had winnings, which was how he'd been able to send money back to America. Not from his job with Mortmain, because he was like a super shitty employee that barely showed up or did any real work. He just wanted to get back to it. You know, you could find him in the club. Bottle full of bub. love. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to listen to that song when we're that done. That was my first ring, actual ringtone. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. We just keep interrupting you. You're saying really funny shit, so you just have to pause and wait. Your fault. That's good. <laughs> I wrote in here pause for laughter. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> okay. Then, as suddenly as his luck started, it stopped. And he went down the slippery slope of gambling addiction, which I feel like is not new for him, but whatever. No. DeQuincy had suggested, like, hey, why don't you just, like, borrow some money? With. Oh, sorry. Why don't you just borrow some money to play with? So he's like, dude, yes. (laughs) So he did. Then he quit his job. (laughs) And he decided to sleep all day and gamble all night. So when he received a letter from Tessa about. (laughs) (laughs) Say it. Say her name. <laughs> Speak it. it. Uh, about <laughs> Aunt Harriet. <laughs> Aunt Harriet. <laughs> Ro- Robin's, Robin's lo- lovely typos have given us <laughs> Mortimer and... Aunt Harriest. <laughs> okay. Oh I could never okay. be a news Who's anchor. Like- could you imagine? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. okay. You guys. Okay. Aunt Harriet. He, of course, had to find a way to make it about him. Mm-hmm. So he convinced himself that it was a punishment for his bad behavior. And, of course, you could bet your bottom dollar that Nate wanted to get back to New York. But that was just the problem. He already had done that. There was no money. <laughs> then that rascal De Quincey pulled Nate aside and was like, listen, my dude, you fucked up like big time. You are the house like Jeff Bezos pile of wealth more than uh- anyone could pay back in a lifetime. Mm. What are you willing to do to clear your books? 
And of course, like any manipulated sap, he says anything. And De Quincey is like, yes, now I have you exactly where I want you. It won't cost you much. Just your voice. <laughs> or your sister. And then I wrote, I think we can all guess which Disney movie I saw this week. <laughs> so Tessa breaks the monologue, asking, like, what could have you possibly wanted with me? And Nate's like, that's just it. I don't think I ever mentioned you to him. Although, to be fair, I was pretty sloshed on several occasions, so you know who's to say. Anyway, I asked him what he wanted with you, and that's when he said that he had reason to know that one of the Gray siblings was special. He thought that it might have been me, but the only thing unusual about me is how fucking stupid I am. Amen. So it must be you. <laughs> but he said that he wouldn't hurt you. You were far too important. And the tea was this. Either procure Tessa for him or I was going to die. Okay. And then the... Hold on. me. Pause. So the way he worded this coupled with like the way he said what he said before in my section... Mm-hmm. I'm suspicious. Yep. Like you were special and I'm not special. But like the way he did it was like not like, oh, they knew one of us had magical abilities and he met me, knew it wasn't me. So it had to have been you like in a non jealous mm-hmm. way. But right. he makes it right. pretty obvious that he's fucking jelly. Yep. Because I'm sure he would love to be able to go into any gambling den at any time as mm-hmm. somebody else and just gamble with money and then, like, be able to evade his. Yes. Yeah, he'd go in disguised as someone else. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's a good so point. Playing. So at this point of the conversation, the cogs all slide into place for Tessa, who makes the quick connection that De Quincey was behind her coming to London. Nate begs Tessa to understand where he was coming from. De Quincey had promised he was going to teach Tessa how to harness her power and that she would be wealthy and honored beyond imagining. Then Will, who is the Christian of the group, is like, well, that's fucking great then. Not like things are more important than money, like your sister. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is so fucking me. <laughs> yep. And of course, Jessamine jumps in to start defending Nate, saying that Nate really had no other choice. She's sure that De Quincey would have found her anyway. Like she would have found, he would have found Tessa regardless. And then Nate would have died for no reason. So, I mean. Obviously. What's dead may never die. perfect for each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And Will's like, really? Nice Jessa wench. <laughs> and I'm sure your view has nothing to do with the fact that you're drooling over Nate trying to snag you a mundane. Obviously, <laughs> any will do no matter how fucking Yusuf. What? What does that mean? He's saying it for work. It means fucking useless. Useless. And I don't know how. It's Yusuf. <laughs> I think but they just shortened it. You're, and they call each other Yusuf because they're saying the other yeah. person's useless. Yeah. Oh fucking useless. They call each other Yusuf. Like saying <laughs> okay. fugly is like you're fucking ugly. You're fugly. <laughs> you're Yusuf. Oh, my gosh. Okay. But you have to say it like that. You have to go Yusuf. And uh-huh. it's like a greeting. Mm. This is high-fiving. <laughs> We're all so. pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is fucking millennial humor, dude. As Jessamine and Will continue to squabble, Charlotte tries to break it up. Tessa takes a moment to take a peek at Nate and has this epiphany of a lifetime. She's like, 
get a load of this bitch over here. My whole life, I've been told that Nate had been this gullible, lovable, innocent Joey. But Uh in reality, this motherfucker was a spoiled child that has turned into a spoiled man. And as always, I have to clean up after his stinky ass. You mean he's a Ross? he's my brother and my duty and blood's thicker than water or whatever old horse shit saying people throw at you to make you feel like you're obligated to deal with family treating you like shit. Mm. All of that rolled up into a nice neat package sealed with a bow. Fuck it. Jessamine's right. I forgive you for trapping and basically selling me. Just tell us to Quincy's plan. <sighs> Moving on. Like, yeah. <laughs> Let's just get over it. <sighs> so Nate's like, well, um, this is awkward. You see, I don't know. He mother gothled me and had me locked away in his townhouse as insurance. <laughs> he gave the dark sister my ring. The dark sisters my ring to prove to you that I was in their power. Um, and, but the sisters came daily to give progress reports, so I knew you weren't hurt. And he's adamant that they weren't going to hurt you. But like that's all I know. I decided mm-hmm. to pull the old sensuous and started my own investigation discovery of the Pandemonium Club. There were the fat cats on top, like De Quincey and his goons. Then there were low hangers like Mortmain, who were kept around mainly because they had money and were offered small glimpses into the shadow world to keep them on the hook. Then in the middle, there were various downwolders who had more power and responsibilities. And at the top was De Quincey, who everyone called the Magister. They often had secret meetings where humans weren't invited, except apparently Nate, because he then starts talking about what he heard. Or maybe he has invisible ears. I don't know. Seriously. He anyway. was locked up, but he was still getting all the information. Like, come on, mm-hmm. bro. All the cheese, mate. Mm-hmm. That's where Nate heard about the Nephilim and their hunting of shadows. <laughs> he then tells them, look, De Quincey doesn't like you guys. And it's just he's just really looking forward to your utter demise so that the downwarders can live in peace. And Henry's like, Psh, peace? More like in pieces. Zing. <laughs> Nate goes on telling them about how they talked about how they were just going to pull. Sorry, let me redo that. Nate goes on telling them about how they talked about how they were going to pull off the loophole of the century. And you imagine everyone is just sitting in a circle super high and De Quincey takes this big old rip and is like, whoa, my dudes. You know how Nephilim have basically been tapped from God to be the, the best, practically unbeatable against any other living creature? With their angelic weapons, super strength, and great hair? Well, what if the thing that eventually beats them isn't living? (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love that. I love the idea of De Quincey and everyone just being like... (laughs) I love that you took a hit in the middle of a sentence. (laughs) Yeah, he had to. You gotta get it all out in a breath. Can't do it. So Charlotte's like, great Scott, the automatons. And Nate's like, yeah, so you've seen them. And then they tell Nate about the attack the night prior. And Charlotte asks asks him if he knows about them. Anything at all. Just like a nugget of information. And Nate is like, well, sure, I heard about them. But I mean, it kind of just, you know, right over my head. Mm -hmm. Totally. And then Henry goes into how it's elementary, my dear. These robots have to be wound up like watches right now. But if the Magister is able to complete the spell on that blueprint that they found in the library, they're going to be able to be like Frankenstein monster. Alive! (laughs) 
and Nate's like, ooh, that piece. Yeah, I overheard about that. That's what the Dark Sisters were for, training Tessa and trying to make the spell work. Oh, by the way, they did make it work, I mean. Did I mention that? Oh, shit. <laughs> and Charlotte's like, hmm, that's a little sus. Are you sure? Because if so, then why hasn't he used them yet? And Nate says that he's like, oh, I thought you knew. This is real down-home black magic, the craft forest witch shit. <laughs> we need a full moon. He needs a full moon. He needs a full moon. And when it rises, the dark sister will get to work, animating the warehouse full of automatons and the countless more that he must be making now. And Charlotte's like, wow, full moon. Wow, according to my For the Sake of Plot date book, that's like tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> And Jim says he's going to go check the lunar logs to be sure. So he'll BRB. And Charlotte asks Nate if, like, are you sure about all this information? And Nate says yes, that when Tessa escaped, he was blamed, even though DeQuincy should have known he had nothing to do with it. And that, my friends, is why he was sentenced to death. Once the decision was made, they kept him locked up, quote, for days before the party. He didn't care what he said in front of me then. He knew I was going to die. But I think we all know Tessa hasn't been at the Institute that long, right? Mm-hmm. Like how many days has she been there? I think like maybe two weeks. That's what I th- you think. It's been, been that long? Weeks. Okay. I think I so. We were on City of Bones timeline. Right. Where it's like bam, bam, Could bam. Be. I think it's close, but it's not like as bad, I don't think. Okay. Because yeah, so, I think they've, because they've, she went with Jessamine and they did the whole thing. So maybe a week and a half. I don't know. Right. He, it could be days then. Yeah. Take mm-hmm. it back, Nate. Anyway, DeQuincy monologued in front of him. So, like, he knows the whole plan. And Will asks if he knows where he might be hiding. And Nate says that he has a hideaway in Chelsea. That's where he's bound to be with the rest of his undead posse. But don't you worry about a thing. Nate knows the way he can show them where it is on a map. However, before that can happen, a more important map reading has taken place, and it's from Jim, who tells him that the full moon isn't tomorrow. It's tonight. Of course it is. Of course it is. For the sake of plot date book, that is my favorite. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Okay. I love that. So, make sh- what? I just said I love that. Oh, I love That's you. all. Wait, I need to say something that I left out of my section, and it is yeah, not important. Me but I still need to say it. So the reason that Nate was in the drawing room is he, I forgot to say this. He was looking for Tessa because he was worried about her because of what he had heard about the shadow hunters. So he thought that they were like doing something to her or something. So he was looking for her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Cause I was like, why the window was open, right? She's like, why is the window open? Yeah. The window Mm. was open and he's like, it was open when I got here. We're like, you're acting super suspicious and you're a lying liar who lies. So (laughs) (laughs) what? Yeah. What? (laughs) So make sure that you've read chapter 17. Call the darkness down for next week's episode. For behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Down World or Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.